Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of First Time Dads. I am Richard Innes. And I'm Steve Mile. And this week we have Anna Williamson, who you might know because of... Uh, TV. If you've if you've ever watched ITV, uh, yeah, if you've ever read any be- of her best-selling books, if you've ever heard her on the radio, it's a bit. You just described yourself as a media trollop. <laughs> I did actually, because yeah, from kids TV. Um, hello, everyone, by the way. Uh, yeah, from kids TV to their yeah, daytime telly, um, agony art. Yeah, wrote some best-selling books. Um, a radio. Bit of everything, really, yeah. Then, yeah. I know. Well, we're talking today because your most recent best-selling book is called Breaking Mum and Dad. Yes. And it is dealing with, we should mention that you're a mum of one. Yes. To Enzo, cool name. Thank uh, you. Dealing with what Rich and I, the thread that runs through all 30 podcasts. Yeah, so well, they all end up becoming about <laughs> yeah, essentially. Our anxiety and our angst and yeah. how we deal with it and what causes it and what we solve. It's a, it's a massive topic. And you say it's Breaking Mum and Dad and the subtitle is The Insider's Guide to Parenting Anxiety. Mm. Because... As you say, we're all parents, and I think the one thing that unites us all is that it's blimmin' hard work, mm, and it yeah. absolutely wallops your emotions, um, you know, to, to, to kingdom come, really. And, uh, and yeah, I've, I found parenthood um, completely overwhelming. Did and it surprise I, you? Completely No one talks me. about it, do they? Everyone talks about tiredness. They talk about, yeah, and I think and I think that's the thing, isn't it? Everyone talks about, oh, you're going to be so tired, you're going to be so tired. Now, the problem I had with that, even in the pregnancy stage, is that I have a, a quite well-publicised anxiety condition. I've managed it very well for over 10 years, and that's what started me writing my books, actually. Um, yeah, I didn't anticipate the anxiety creeping back in during pregnancy. And I, and I did have what I now know to be perinatal anxiety, which mm-hmm. is something that is only just starting to be talked about. We've all heard of postnatal depression. But that tends to be the sort of umbrella for a lot of mental health mm-hmm. conditions within, um, within you know, the postnatal phase. But prenatal or perinatal anxiety is, is an absolutely huge thing that people experience, and I certainly did. And what comes with that is a big, big old factor, big old uh, vat of guilt that, that comes with oh, that for yeah. feeling for feeling not very great, really. Yeah. Because you're pro- supposed to feel you're supposed fantastic. to be blooming. Oh, blooming. you must I'm be so happy. Be, yeah, yeah, you must yeah. be. Now, I've wanted a baby for 20 years. He was a very planned baby. We got married. We did it the right way. Should I say in my mother's? <laughs> in my mother's, it was the right way. She was thrilled. Um, yeah. I felt pregnant. I was delighted. I was pregnant, but uh, it was a very short-lived excitement. The the rest of the nine months, actually 10 months, I went up to 42 weeks in the end before I gave birth, was honestly the most anxious time as I ramped up towards birth. And going back to the sleep thing, people don't mean it, but they don't mean to evoke anxiety, I'm sure. But if one more person had told me in that final trimester, oh, you better get some sleep now because you're yeah, never going to yeah. sleep again, I was ready to honestly kill myself. And for me, I couldn't even laugh it off in the end because... 
one of my main trigger suffering and being, di- being diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder is sleep. When I don't right. sleep properly, okay. my anxiety condition absolutely wallops mm-hmm. me. Um, panic attacks come about uh, hand in hand That's with what my I was insomnia. Ask, how does it manifest? That's n- normally around sleep, and it's because I um, I began learned behaviour about ten years ago when I used to try and go to sleep. I used to put so much pressure on myself that my panic attacks would then come about, <coughs> and I would get into this cycle all throughout the night. And the night time can be, a, as we know, a very lonely time. Mm. So honestly, my main fear about having a baby. I mean, there was a little bit about, oh my gosh, is this going to hurt? How am I going to get him out? And I was enormous. But honestly, the main concern I had, which became quite obsessional towards the end of pregnancy, was, oh my God, how am I? I can't get around this, as in the sleep thing. A baby's going to need to feed. What if my anxiety comes back? How am I going to cope with that? And also, I'm going to have to feed this baby in the early hours of the morning, which, again, is a time that I mm. have pegged to being a very lonely, anxious time because of my learned behaviour mm. of suffering with anxiety. So all of this for nine months had been, you know, Fine. going around and around and around, and everyone's going, you must be so happy, you must be delighted. Yeah. And actually, what you wanted to say was not really. Yeah. I'm actually not really enjoying this yeah. pregnancy at all. But... You don't dare say it because there are so many... I'm so aware, obviously, of how blessed I was to be pregnant. Friends of mine were struggling, so you don't even want to be so ungrateful to mention Mm. that you're not enjoying it. Um, And then, yeah, I I did have Enzo, and then, unfortunately, everything I feared to happen did happen. So the anxiety really ramped up at that point? Awful, and I... um, I mean, I'm sure you you guys were there for your your birth, baby's oh, yeah, birth. Very much so, yeah. yeah, and it's a it's a highly tense time for anybody. Still very fresh. In <laughs> I the mean, memory. very fresh that for you. I was going to say, yeah, Steve, exactly. we're talking but about a matter we, of weeks. Yeah, I was going to say three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks ago, I remember. We'll talk. We'll sure, we'll sure we'll talk about it in greater detail. It's a, it's a little bit vivid still. <laughs> well, I think it's it's perfect really to bring it in because my birth is starting to. Isn't it wonderful how Mother Nature does do that thing yeah. of you? as the months tick by you do start to rose tint it a bit and go mm-hmm. like it wasn't that bad my wife in the car so we we arrived at the hospital at 12.15 baby was born at 1.15 a.m. or p.m. p.m. Yeah. so like an hour we're in the hospital for an hour Gosh. baby arrived <gasps> we were travelling back home to our house which is about two miles from the hospital at half past six in Gosh. that evening just wow. she said oh that wasn't I didn't think that was that wasn't that bad. I could do that again. Yeah, but she don't, she only had an hour of it, in fact. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, <laughs> oh, no, in no, the no, hospital. Yeah. And I was like, you know, that's... Like, Amazing. You, not, you look like you're in quite a lot of pain. Yeah. You yeah. look like you're in yeah. a lot of pain. And you was she screaming like blue you. murder yeah. when she was giving birth? Well, I, I know my wife well enough that if she's in pain or if she's going through... It's an arm around the shoulder is not what yeah. she wants. You're going to get smacked Leave in the face. Leave me alone. Yeah. 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 She yeah. once described it as like, you know... <clears throat> When a pet is ill, you know, and a cat or a dog goes off into the corner. It's so true. And, and like, on it, wants to curls up and just wants to be left alone to go there, through. That is actually, that, that is, that's actually it's a real thing. Those, it's, it? um, no, it's not, no, it's, and I can't remember what the book it was I read. Uh, my friend gave me a really good book, which is a real bestseller, so great, I can't even remember mm. the damn title of it, but it's something like The Good Birth Guide or something mm. like that. Uh, and, it, and it basically, it's a, it's a midwife that does talk oh, you okay. through the whole principles of, from the ye old beginning of dawn of time, how women gave birth, and that is exactly it. Like cats, mm. like dogs, the actual optimum place for a woman to give birth is by themselves, squatting in a dark cave. Okay, that is li- that's quite disturbing. That is, yeah, but also also logical in a weird also sort of way. Logical. I, I I do remember that the, with my experience of my wife's birth. So that was what my kid's birth, rather. So it was just over a year ago. 
and that whole thing from the dad perspective is knowing when do I put my arm around and offer a cuddle and reassurance and when do I stand the hell back and it did feel like I was walking a tightrope the entire time I was trying to yeah. do the right thing the whole time and actually that's a really important point because I don't think we hear enough from dads and I'm not just saying that which is why it's so good you guys do this podcast because I think sometimes you are forgotten during the birthing process and you are sometimes damned if you do damned if you don't and actually mm. my husband um, and it was only to a good few months What's after I Alex. Alex. Yeah. Um, after I'd had Enzo, our son, that I really tried to understand how he felt during the birth because it, it when I'd come through the birth, which was horrific, it was extremely painful. It, I had birth intervention. I was very uh, damaged from from the mm. process, uh, and and it, I genuinely straight. I was like, there is no way I'm going <laughs> to have another baby. And here I am, twenty months later, cons- considering when should we try for our next okay. one, which is why it's amazing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, but he, you know, he he's, he's now says that uh, we've almost sort of argued about how we would have a baby second time round, as in the giving birth process, because he, I've sort of, I've, I've sort of said, right, that is it, I'm having a lectus cesarean next time, I'm not risking, and he sort of has said, well, now, I'd really like, he said, I felt really robbed of the birth experience too, because he said you were taken away, you were put into theatre, you mm. had a forceps delivery, um, you know, I didn't get to see any of it, I didn't get to cut a cord, I didn't get mm. to experience anything. Okay. And at the time, straight after, I was like, well, what are the I don't care what you think. It's yeah. my body. You haven't got a broken body. But but now, and it took me a while, because that was quite unfair of me, but yeah. I know why I was doing that, of course, because I think, you know, unfairly, I sort of wore mm. that war wound a bit, mm, really. Yeah, yeah. But actually, it is his baby. <laughs> you know, we did make him together, mm. and he didn't get the birth experience that he'd been planning for see, nine months. I had this exact same thing. So my he son didn't even was see born, him born either. Well, my know? son was born by, by emergency caesarean, because right. actually my yeah. wife had a hell of a labour, and it was very long and there were a lot of complications it was quite difficult emergency cesarean at the end but then I suppose it's weird that uh, I always end up coming back to guilt which you mentioned at the start and I I hadn't thought actually that yeah you're right I I didn't get to kind of do all those traditional things cutting cords and whatnot but then my the way the thing I've always come away with was that while Lindsay my wife was being stitched up and sorted out still in theatre I was in a room on my own with my newly born son and doing the skin to skin and everything and that felt so odd to be sat in a room and for Lindsay to not be there yeah and that was actually so while I've actually gone quite goosebumpy when you said that because I I really empathise that was that was how we were it was me me in theatre husband with baby and my my, my grandma my mother somewhere just step in here if you're listening to this and you're not yet a parent (laughs) (laughs) it is good my my wife had two very very simple births Uh, 40 minutes after we arrived at hospital first one an hour after we arrived the second time Uh, she's a superstar she Two pushes, baby out. Um, I was, I was there at the business end on, you know, the second occasion, uh, and it was all fine. And how is that? I want to know. And and you're right. Anyone that hasn't given birth yet, I've like I say, I had war and peace for my birth. I I honestly, we are planning when to get pregnant again, so it can't be that bad. Same here. Same here. Yeah, my my wife was no stitches or anything like that. All fine. All. Oh, she's a cute. She's a superhuman. But it's. There are all sorts of experiences, aren't yeah. there? A whole breadth of, you know, of experience of birth. But my anxiety prior to the birth was is everything, because the first one was okay, mm. I was like, well, this one, this yeah. one might not be. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, also, if we're doing the podcast, we become more and more aware of birthing experiences. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you, your mind, as the man, or, or I don't know, the woman, starts to 
build up. But well, you're your more head. tuned in, aren't you're th- you? You're thinking like, okay. And I, and I and I do think sometimes. I mean, I know this is a bit controversial, but I think sometimes you, we can overeducate ourselves or overread. I couldn't agree. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? I could not agree. I more. had some friends that didn't yeah. read anything during yeah. their first pregnancies, and they, they, I mean, they it wasn't a picnic, but they're okay. Mm-hmm. They they found out it was okay. I I read everything mm. watched everything did everything to the point i think i was so confused and had built up this yep. um this sort of picture in my mind of what it should be like and i talk about it in breaking mum and dad this almost lion king circle of life-esque mm. crescendo yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. sun coming in the husband yeah, by my side yeah. the baby arrives yeah, you know ta-da yeah. and <laughs> cigars and champagne yeah, yeah, yeah. yes yeah. and i think you know i'm gonna breathe the baby out yeah, i'm going to yeah. you i remember know, that uh, conversation this at is home it. as well yeah. And I think the harsh reality for me was, um, and this is why I wrote the books, this is why I think it's great you guys are doing the podcast, why I'm so pleased to be on it. It's not the, the last thing in the world that I am sure you guys would want to do is to evoke any anxiety or worry or stress mm-hmm. in anybody that goes through this at all, because that would be completely counterproductive. But I do think there's a very fine line. Um, which is why I pushed on with the book and why I love the feedback I get from it, of giving that honest account as well and saying, look, if it does feel at some point during it that you really want to, you know, step off the world for a second or or you're not quite coping very well or, oh my God, excuse my language, shit, Mm. should it be this Mm. bad for a moment? Because it might be, it might not be. But actually for someone to go, do you know what, yeah, that's okay. If that does happen to you, you're going to be fine and you will get through it. And I promise you, a few hours, a day later, a week, month, whatever it may be, you will get through it. And I think that for me was the point. I gave birth to Enzo. Well, that's the thing. I felt I didn't even give birth to him because for me, someone dragged him out with a massive pair of forceps. And I really beat myself up in those early few weeks of honestly thinking, I must be just really crap at giving birth Mm. because I found it painful. I didn't cope. And actually, it's not until you open up and you realise that every other bugger feels exactly the yeah. same mm. and it actually but why are we not allowed to why say why not that? allowed to say it I've never yeah, understood it. that and I don't want anyone to feel bad and yeah. I don't want people to have had a, a traumatic birth you say your wife has some lovely births but I think it's okay to say that if you do have a yeah. bad time that's fine too yeah. you know? I think it's it's media mm. that we create this idea if you think okay right talk about a uh, you know, film birth or a TV birth it's woman on her back which you is know, the worst position the worst to give position. birth in, by the way. But the reason they do that is so that you can see the person's face when they're filming the scene. Yeah. That's the reason they choose know, that yeah. thing. Yeah. And it's like dad's there, Hulk comes out, baby's crying immediately, mm. hand the baby to mum. Woman just mops got, brow a little yeah, bit and that's it. Mop, and she's mop, back to being made up and pretty. Yeah, yeah mops brow a little yeah. bit. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, that's why, because it's, you know, that's the sort of the populist. See, so, but yeah. I, I think you you mentioned overeducation, and to me, I think that is a massive part of it. Mm. Because, and I don't think this re- this relates just to the birth. I think this goes back to what we're here to talk about, really, about parenting anxiety. Yeah, overeducation is such a massive part of it, and the, it should be like this. It should be like this. It should be like this. And I find myself talking to other parents and trying to find trying to get somebody to admit that it's not like that and it makes me feel a million times better so when i see someone who's got a baby the same sort of age as ben yeah. and i want to hear them say god this stresses me out sometimes yeah. and that makes me feel instantly well, sometimes, better the worst well, sometimes thing, to go i think my son's being a dick yes because my <laughs> exactly. son could be a real and believe dick. me i say that a lot yeah and i love him more than life, I, but yeah. There are t- yeah exactly i mean but, there's a love there that's unconditional of course and will always be there and it's not like anything mm. i've ever felt in my life but there are times where I genuinely hate him. Yeah. Where I think, oh my God, I so want to not be here right You're now. You're being an a-hole. I really don't want to yeah. be I don't want to be around you. I want to be out of the house. I want to be in the pub. Yeah. I want to be with my friends. And <laughs> and it ta- 
and you're not allowed to say it. And why are you not allowed to say it? Because that is the most human, normal thing in the world. Nobody should enjoy listening to a child screaming and acting like a dickhead. It's not, it's not normal. It's not natural. So why everyone has to have this competition about this idea that... Oh no! Um, I, I, no one ever wants to admit it. Everyone wants to say that everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's mm. fine. And that is how anxiety builds up in people. Exactly. Mm. It's and it's and it's holding that in. And as you say, the the therapy in just being honest. But I even had an experience literally two days ago. Um, I've known this bunch of mums since since I had my mm. baby. I, that was that's a whole new ball game. Like meeting yeah, new, yeah, new parents. Yeah. Talk, talk about that a lot. Different form of anxiety. That's it. Yeah, Making yeah. new mummy friends. You're back at the back at the school gates again. Really, yeah. or the first day of school yourself. But even a friend. Of mine two days ago who's just had her second baby um, quite close together didn't quite plan it but she's blessed her she's gone with it and she's doing a great job uh, and I we were just having a chat we had coffee we know each other really well now a few of us um, outside a baby class we were at this week and we were talking about pregnancy for some reason and I, I again made a comment about how I didn't enjoy pregnancy um, and she just, she's quite a quiet soul and she's just suddenly piped up she's got her three week old as well as her 18 month old she went I hated both of my pregnancies. And I said, did you really? And she went, yep, I hated. But I went, I never knew that. You've never said that yeah. before. And she went, no, I hated them. Mm. I, I bet I you d- both instantly felt better as well. We just, yeah. and then three other people all yeah, piped yeah. up going, actually, yeah, do you know what? I can't say I particularly enjoyed it much. Yeah. And again, some friends of mine enjoyed pregnancy more than life itself. Good luck to them. I mean, yeah. they absolutely, and, and I, again, I celebrate that. I think yeah. that's wonderful. And I think there is no right or wrong or should or shouldn't on any side of the coin. Mm. It is, like you say, I think it's wonderful your wife had such wonderful mm. births. And actually, it gives me hope mm. that it can be great. And then some people do have a, you know, war and peace. And, yeah, I think and that's okay everybody's and normal different. too. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. And they too will, that will pass, you yeah, know. I think it's important that everybody understands this all sorts of births and experiences and you know the anxiety that Rich spoke about I mean I'd forgotten about that you know we're just evoking it until my daughter arrived you know obviously Jackson winds me up sometimes but he I remind myself as one should do that he is only two yes and he doesn't he hasn't he doesn't know he doesn't know the world And he, he doesn't know, he's not intuitive enough to quite get how he provokes reactions. Iris, you know, the, when she cries, it sets me on edge. It's like someone running their nails down yeah, a blackboard. Yeah. And, and what forgotten. is that? Is it, the pi- is it the pitch of the scream? Or does anyone else's baby do that to you? Or is it your own? I think there is an anxiety that's caused by you being the parent and the expectation yes. you put on yourself to fix the problem you're so and right. if it's someone else's baby you can have a little bounce up and down if you fix it you're amazing you're a baby whisperer if you don't you just give it back but to mum but if it's your the own child you. yeah it's you awful and also when, it, when you're you know jointly parenting both parents are on the scene um, my wife's with Iris during the day and I know um, you know we've spoken about this in a previous podcast that, that feeding is a, such a, a, a can have an effect to calm a baby mm. and also closeness and oxytocin mm-hmm. all comes in together mm. when you when I'm the dad at home and I take the baby I'm like oh I can't do I'm already almost anxious yeah. before I've taken the baby so last night instantly given, transmitted to the kid yeah, as well so last night what we're trying to do Jackson's bedtime Try not to be the case that I put him to bed every single night. Because yeah. it's not fair that he's missing out on story time with mum. So what we're trying to do is get to a point where Iris is timed so she's either had enough milk that she sleeps 
or what like we tried last night was a bottle feed with mm. some expressed milk for the mm. first time. So I was in the kitchen with Iris crying and mum was upstairs reading Jackson Winnie the Pooh and I was determined mm, that I was it. not going to go upstairs with a crying baby. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to give it bottle for the first time because we want to have bottle at, yeah. and breast because it just makes it easier it, for mum. Yeah. Still keen on it all being breast milk but we want to do that. Oh, whatever works. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she was sort of taking some of the milk not really taking Jackson didn't take a bottle and, or, until he was nine months old mm. so we got in our heads we can't be good to crack it. Yeah. Make it easier. Yeah. Be good to crack it. Just because it means that we can't really go out in the evenings. Yes. Yeah. You know, with her mates or whatever. Yeah. It's, um, it's so very I was binding, giving, yeah. But I'm aware that Iris got quite bad wind. So in between, I was trying to burp her. And I, was, I wasn't sure whether it was a cry. That was, and I feel myself getting wound up. Wound up. Mm. And I was thinking, how long? I know how long Jackson's bedtime takes. I was like almost counting down. The, and then I heard Zoe coming down the stairs. I was like, right, fine. She drank quite a lot of the milk, but she was distressed. Yeah. So he said, I'll take her. Then she came back and she's got really bad wind, hasn't she? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's yeah. not me. No. It's, and, and I think that's, that's it. And, and, and that's it. And it's so tricky, as you say, to, to know how to fix it. And I remember um, in the first, yeah, first few weeks, and I used, to, I used to wait by the door for my husband to come home. I mean, I was gripped with postnatal anxiety and, and trauma. I mean, I, I, I genuinely worried about being left on my mm. own with him. Um, I didn't think I could cope. I didn't know what to do. And as you say, the terror of when he used to wake up, I used to wish he would just keep sleeping mm, mm, because right. when he would keep sleeping, it was almost... And it's a control thing too. Mm. I'm, I, I am quite controlled. I think because I was later in life to have a baby mm. as well, my life was pretty formulaic, you know. Mm. And then suddenly there's this little, little time bomb that's going off in your house, you know, when you can't do anything about it. And I remember my husband coming back and I used to time when he'd get back from when he'd left to when he'd be back in the door. And I was like, you should be back now. And he said he remember hearing the baby sort of from where we park our cars, you know. Yeah. And as he walked in the door, I just shoved the baby at him. And I just said, you have to take him, you have to take and, him. I don't know what to do. And how did he he cope with that? I have to say, he's he is so good. And again, he didn't know what he was doing any more than I did. No. You know, we're all beginners. No one knows how to no. be a parent until you become one and how you learn quickly, on the job. How quickly did Alex realise that there was an issue that, you know, sort of more than just the, the kind of... I guess of he knew about your... Conventional. He knew that you, you yeah. of anxiety. It's a good question, actually, because he... When we got together, we were quite sort of whirlwind romance, met, married, pregnant within 18 months, okay, two well, years, I know. Not messing about. No messing around, I know. Yeah. But he He'd never been with me when my anxiety condition was 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 on you know up and off because um, I've always managed it very well and then with the pregnancy and then when I gave birth it all came flooding back tenfold probably even worse than it ever had been a decade prior to it it was just everything just slapped me so he'd never actually witnessed or lived with me with a full-blown generalised anxiety condition mixed with a bit of postnatal uh, mm. you know, trauma and depression mm. you know, whacked in there as well. Um, and he really struggled. And we, I would say, oh, I talk about it in, in the book, Breaking Mom and Dad, but we, we had some of our absolute corker of rows mm. than we've ever had in those first three weeks. And again, I want to say that to people it's now. It's around. okay. Yeah, 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 and yeah, I yeah. think, and, and, and at the time, my God, at the time, God, 
hated him. I mean, I genuinely felt yeah. at that time, I didn't, it was just everything. We're tired, yeah. we're sleep deprived, we don't know what the hell's going on, yeah. we've got this responsibility. And we were screaming at each other, but he didn't know how to cope with me. He didn't know what my anxiety no. disorder was. I couldn't talk about it or properly articulate it because I was in the middle of it. Mm. Um, and we, we unraveled pretty fast, but um, we fortunately because I know what to do and I have a lot of peers and professional help mm. in place I did seek help very quickly and we went and the classic decamped at my mum and dad's yeah I was going to say <laughs> I was going to say if it that's go grandma yeah. and granddad that's, that's the yeah. thing if you need, you, I guess if you're in that position and you've got somebody who's seen you go through it yes. or, or knows you very well and yeah. this is a uh, a conversation that we had with uh, a previous guest, Amy Ransom, mm. about it, who suffered from postnatal depression. And she, we asked her, how do you spot it? And she said, well, what would you do? She said, well, if you're not sure mm. as a partner, talk to one of their friends. Yeah. Talk to your partner's friends. Talk to your mm. partner's parents if they've got a good relationship. And they yeah. can confirm... Or go, yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. It, yeah. What you say, you have there is something going on. And I think the question, actually, I don't know what her answer was to that, but I think with anything with post with postnatal mental health, I think just ask the mum or the dad, you know, whoever's involved, ask them how they're really feeling. Um, you know, try and get. At the time and a place when you are, how are you feeling right now? You know, mm. truly, what are your thoughts about the baby? What are your thoughts about yourself? Yeah. Um, and it can be really hard to be honest about that. But um, and don't say this is the other thing that advice was. Don't say you look amazing because yeah. as soon as you say that, apparently there's a pressure on you to act amazing as well. Yeah, I actually that's true, and I have only just thought about this now. I. <laughs> you probably know when I am well because I can't be bothered to put on makeup but actually in those first few weeks I was getting up and trowling on that makeup okay. and as a bit of a mask and as you say you're right because the, I haven't even spoken about this I've just remembered it when the health visitors would come round you know in those first few weeks they go gosh you look like you are coping amazing you look so well and yeah. I'm thinking I haven't slept. I feel like absolute yeah. crap. I'm hallucinating and hearing babies cries in my sleep. I'm lying here feeling like, is this the rest of my life? Probably want to kill myself right now. Mm. But yet you're telling me I look okay. Uh, okay. So I better act so like I, better, I am. So I better yeah. act like I am. Mm. And I mean, she, she obviously was being very sweet and it was a yeah. lovely compliment. And I probably did look all right, if I'm honest with you. I probably did because mm. I'm pretty good at putting my makeup on. But um, but yeah, I think it's a it's a very, very interesting phase um, for the postpartum. They call it the fourth trimester. Trimester, mm. and I think those first twelve weeks after you've had a baby, whether it's your first baby, your sixth baby, mm. I think we really need to take a lot of care over ourselves, over our emotions, and stop stop trying to do too much. Mm. Um, how do you think? I'm curious in terms of the, sort of the research you've done for the book and everything. Mm. How much do you think things have changed generationally? Because clearly, there's you know these are all genuine medical conditions, and so mm. there must have been women fifty years ago, a hundred years ago, yeah. who suffered with this but found a way to somehow kind of suffer through it, I suppose. Yeah. But how much of it, how much do you think the way we treat parenting in today's world actually exacerbates the problem sometimes? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, I was talking to my mum about this the other day, um, because obviously when I talked about it, and, she's, and it was really interesting admission from her, because she's brilliant, by the way, and she's very, very empathetic and sympathetic to, to, to my mental health, to everybody's mental health. But she did say, I don't know what is going on, she said, with your generation of girls. She said, because you all seem to be really struggling. Um, and she thinks a lot of it is the overeducation. Mm. Uh, and she, but then she sort of said to me, she went, "Well, in my day, we just got on with it." And now she, I've keeps, heard and, that a yeah, lot. Yeah. So yeah. she keeps back, and I and I then hit back a bit at her. And we kind of had quite a heated discussion about it. And I said, "Yeah, but just because you got on with it, 
Um, I said, that makes me feel like you're treating my generation or me as somehow a bit wussy mm. that, that can't get on with it. That, that, that in some way, your generation was superior in that you just sort of, you know, just cracked on with it. And eventually she admitted that... And she said, but you didn't know about this. You know, you just, you did, you just sort of, you just accepted that that was the way, you know, life was. And I think the difference was, perhaps, um, is that there weren't as many choices in life for our parents' generation and the generation above that. So there was more of an acceptance and a want to just, okay, I'm going to have a baby. And having Mm. a baby does consist of being a mum. and and, I mean obviously a lot of people were working as well but I do think the times were slightly different and there wasn't such she said they they didn't really do have a social scene not really she said there wasn't that pressure you Mm. you might go out sometimes do you think it's partly because I I haven't got statistics to hand so if I'm completely wrong please email me to that people are having children later so we've got a higher expectation of ourselves Mm. because we know ourselves a bit better whereas if you're a 17, 18, 19 year old Mm. you don't really know you just run with it don't you and I actually think there is a lot of truth in that and you say I don't well I do know the statistics that now we are I think the average age is 33 I think for a first time mother Um, and certainly when I was giving birth I I was 35 when I gave birth and I was I would say I won the youngest actually Mm. first time mums in my ward Mm. Um, I've got what I was saying now, I'm trying to thought. Um, for, oh yeah, but I've got friends of mine who did have babies in their early 20s, mm. just one or two that, that chose not to have a career, they wanted to have a family. And, you know, I would just, I'm, I'm summarising this, but they breezed it. Mm. They loved it, they breezed it. And they now say, they actually say on reflection, their kids are now 13, 14, 15. And now they're getting having a career. And they say they didn't know any different then. Yeah. They said when they gave birth, they had 21. Um, they didn't have a career. They didn't have a disposable income. They hadn't seen the world really. They, they, and they, and they. This is just their feedback. I'm not saying I'm yeah. right or wrong, but just literally as I have understood it with my peer group, um, they say they felt that they transitioned into into motherhood a lot easier because they almost didn't know what they were missing out on. Okay. Um, and I think that's quite interesting. And I think perhaps now as we're a lot older, giving birth, um, particularly down in the south of the UK, we we've set so much up you know mm. we've, we've got a mortgage we, yeah. if we're lucky yeah, you know yeah. but we have a relationship we have a career most yeah. of us do yeah. um, we have a social life yeah. we have a this we have perhaps it's a disposable income it's change uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, then, and the change is extremely worrying yeah. and can be extremely but going back to the clip with my mum my mum did actually finally admit to me that part of her being the whole thing we just got on with it was actually a little bit of envy that this generation yeah. our generation yeah are able to talk about it and have the and have the, the it is okay to talk about it. she did finally admit that that yeah. she said actually it is good that you lot are all talking about it more and she said a lot of it is because we just didn't talk it no one did that you just got on with it do you know the thing we haven't mentioned in relation to this is of course the gender thing as well because i do think that for men in particular for dads in particular that change has been exceptionally dramatic if you're talking mm. about you know by skipping one generation and now here, guys like Steve and myself, and actually I know Steve's the same, that I know guys who find it a little bit baffling that we do this podcast and find it a little bit odd. Do they? And yeah. find it a little bit strange. And But you're talking about all that why stuff. Would and about, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Now, and, and, you know, again, every guy's different, every dad's different, every set of parents are different. But 
to me, this seems like the most logical thing in the world to do because I need to get, in a way, I need to get this off my chest. Yeah. And it's and it's good to know that um, there are other people out there that have the same, know, yeah. same thought process. The biggest killer of men under 45 suicide. is suicide. Yeah. And that is presumably because we're not talking about our feelings. But yeah. this is it. And actually, I'd say historically, and my husband would, would say this, I mean, he and he co-parents our son and he and he's doing these co-parenting today. It's his, it's his day and he's, at, I don't know, he's at some farm today. I sound but brilliant, he, yeah. Alex. I'm very envious. <laughs> It's a beautiful day outside. It is, he's really enjoying it. If I asked my little boy what he wanted to do today, he would say farm. Yeah, they've gone to see piggies and sheep today. Um, But he does say it is hard for him because, he said it's, it's quote him now, it's all right for you, Anna, you've got your your group of mum friends. Um, He said you you go to your mum rhyme time or whatever, and it is majority mums, there are a couple of dads in there, but it is majority mums. Then we'll go for a coffee afterwards or a play day, we'll have a bloody good moan about our other halves, and all have a good laugh and go, oh God, we all feel so much better that we've all got really dysfunctional relationships. Exactly, we did a little lager and lime in the the garden the other day. But but we all come away, say like I just said, a friend of mine, she hated pregnancy, you know, we were all talking about our weddings and disasters and groomsmen. So we did. I came away from that going, oh, just feeling cleansed because I had a good old laugh, joke, yeah. moan. My husband will say, when I don't have that, he's like, I've got mates that have got kids, yeah. but we don't do that. We yeah. don't. And and, I, and it's really important that guy. I would lo- honestly, <laughs> he would hate me for setting him up with guy friends, dad friends. But he really needs that because actually there are times he does need to have a damn good moan about me to say he's probably missing, yeah. you know, yeah. the old hanky panky because I'm quite frankly too tired, <laughs> you know, and and even just to be able to be proud of his of his um, parenting techniques. It's, it's going to be a generational change. It will it? be. I mean, I go to I, I work four day week. I look after Jackson on a on a yeah. Friday. I love that. I love that you do that. <laughs> and we go to groups and. By and large, I am in the massive minority. Yeah. Occasionally, there's another dad. Not always the same dad. It's different, you know, different dads. So it's not like there's another dad that's off on a Friday. Mm. And goes the same. And it, you look at each other, and go, "We're here, aren't we? We're doing this." But you do, you know, yeah, you and there's that, that's as much. I think I had, I had one conversation with it with another dad. I do speak to other mums yeah. because the kids interact with each other, and Jackson's been invited to some birthday parties. Yeah, you know, through me. Yeah, um, which is great. Um, but I don't. Th- uh, I take Jackson also on a Saturday morning to a football class and it's all dads. Yeah. It's all dads, but the dads don't talk to each other. You know, we we still don't have that. I don't think it's anything to do with, it's a gender thing. Dads, men generally don't have those sorts of And it's nuts, isn't it? Because statistically, the stats are now 98% of guys will be present at the birth of their child. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's basically everyone, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty, yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. The other 2% probably didn't make it in time yeah, or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah, perhaps yeah, it's yeah, cultural, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but you see, that's, that's one hell of a thing to witness. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you go through, I mean, like uh, mums, you know, we bond over the whole, oh my giddy aunt, flipping yeah. it, we've just had a baby out of our, you know, yeah. bits or, yeah. or the trapdoor, whichever yeah. way you've had it, we bond. Yeah. The, the trapdoor. Trap it was a summary. <laughs> a summary, <laughs> yeah. Trapdoors. I was wondering. Imagine someone that had it out the trapdoor. Oh, yeah, well, I just think it's all filthy minds, boys, I'm joking. But, but as you say, but for guys as well, it's just, it, and sometimes I do hear my husband sort of open up. We have some sort of mum and yeah. dad friends and they will kind of, you know, have a little, you know, open up about how horrific it was to just to see your partner going yeah. through that experience. Mm. 
and I, it's I like I feel another podcast subject coming on. It yeah, really yeah, is. Yeah. Let's I'm get like, Alex on. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Do you know? I think he needs to have an offload. Uh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's it's really important. And um and and for me, you know, just sort of bringing it back round to the whole anxiety thing. Um, I suffered chronic uh, postnatal mm. anxiety, but it's so important to flag that postnatal depression is as prevalent in men as it is yeah. as in women. Yeah. And my goodness, enough women don't talk about it, let alone enough men. And I think that's why I wrote Breaking Mum and Dad to say. Dudes, yeah. as you say, let's break down this stigma. There's so many things to be anxious about, yeah. and that's that's the thing for me. And the, the, the thing not that, killing your child, yeah. you know what I mean? Getting through every day with your baby alive. You there know? are there are days where I think, am I um, am I different to everybody else? Am I? And I worry myself mm. when I think about how I feel, and I want to shake him sometimes. And I don't, yeah. of course, because yeah. he's my son. But there are days where I do. I want to shake him. I want to shut up. Yeah. And mm. I think, and then and then I go away, and I've feel that and then it, it always works the same way you have the anxiety yeah. with me anxiety leads to anger leads to guilt guilt because and then, then you, you think how you awful eat yourself I just up thought and you that. think oh yeah, my yeah. god why am I thinking mm. that why am I behaving like that and then you start mm. and so I start dropping these kind of supposedly jokey questions in with my mates oh yeah have you ever wanted to kill your kid <laughs> mm. and people go oh yeah well and I think no no I really want to know oh. I really really want to know have you ever thought like that or am I like some kind of mad yes. serial killer yeah. Well, and am not. I then passing that on to him? And there's all these well, no, things you just kind of go. But I've, I've mentioned this story before. Before Jackson was born, one of someone that I know who's got a couple of kids, he said to me, "You will find yourself in the middle of the night with screaming, and you'll be there, and you will you won't do it, but you read these stories about dads that go over the top, mm. and you yeah. will become slightly more aware about what pushed them mm. over mm. the top mm. because you won't do it, and it's." It's what Rich says. You know, you do feel it. You feel like your yeah. hackles rising. You want to shut them up. You want to, you it's, know. It's it's all consuming. And just to put your mind at rest with that, and obtrusive thoughts are, are a real thing. And mm. they're a real dark thing that people don't want to admit to and talk about. But obtrusive thoughts is part of the postnatal mental, you know, conundrum. Yeah. Mm. Um, and actually where that comes from is is part of a protective instinct it is almost the op- it's almost like we think of the opposite of what we really want to yeah. do mm-hmm. so and actually that I'm not just saying that to try and help you feel better but I hope it does <laughs> but I had to look into this because I had obtrusive thoughts about my son what would happen if I dropped him down the stairs oh I don't want to drop him mm-hmm. down the stairs you know yeah. of course I didn't drop him down the stairs but then the fact that even that horrible thoughts just end- flashed into your mind you think I must be absolutely insane and a complete mm. evil witch yeah. um, but actually and that so many women in particular guys won't admit to that because that's how they fell too too but actually obtrusive thoughts is a huge thing mm, mm. Um, and it's completely normal and it actually means you care so I just want people to feel reassured I'll, by I'll, that I'll go with that <laughs> and I guess as, as we sort of head towards the end of our time what do we do and what, what did you do to help and if there's someone listening man woman who what advice can you offer someone that's been through the kind of this washing cycle, if you like. Ooh, um, I know. You know, everything okay now? You know. Oh, yeah. and that's the thing. Everything is is peachy now. Mm. You know, we're twenty months in, and I would say it took me till about six months in to yeah. start to really f- come through it. Um, I I didn't really have much feeling for my son yeah. till about five or six weeks in, and there's a real reason for that. The, my traumatic birth yeah. had led to a block of the oxytocin, yeah. the love hormone, um, and yeah. I couldn't breastfeed very yeah. easily, so nothing was triggering that. Mm. And so I, what I was and this kind of goes a little bit against what we said about over-educating yourself. Mm. Don't over-educate yourself. But the main thing is to talk to someone. I know it sounds so... You're not alone. And I think what you guys are doing is great with this podcast. Um, And it's just 
saying to someone having having the balls to say to your old midwife your health is health visit to your gp your loved one and the main thing i want to get across is they're not going to take your baby away i think anyone <laughs> that i think i know that's, that's, that's real a fear yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a real, real deep-rooted fear that yeah. if i admit that i'm not coping slash not enjoying this slash have i made a mistake i'm not sure i'm i'm a bit confused i'm a bit overwhelmed i think i'm really bumming out on this a, you are not alone in that thought. I trust me, you're not. You're actually completely normal, and you won't have your baby taken away from you. The health professionals actually is the opposite. They will do everything they can to get you help, and it may just be you may just need to talk to someone once or twice. You I may need to join such, a group. That is such an important message it really because is. because the message that is conveyed constantly. And Steve kind of alluded to this before in terms of whether it be through films or TV or the raft of you know the mm. entire se- section of the bookshop that tells you how to raise the perfect mm. child. Or how to be the perfect yeah or how to be the perfect parent and it then doesn't what, exist. And, yeah and then what happens what happens and this happens to me regularly and I think I think I can speak for my wife as well it's that thing where you think you've made one mistake and because of all the things you've read on all the blogs and all the books and everything, you think, oh, well, that's that's negatively negatively affected him now for life. Oh, so every time I shout completely. in front of him, and I lose my re- I lose my temper. All the- I have a short temper. Yeah. It's my problem. Something yeah. I'm, I work on. I'm trying yeah. to contain my anger a little bit better, but particularly in the car. You know, I'm driving along in a car and I'm shouting and effing and blinding out the window at somebody for cutting me up. Yeah, I've and been a passenger that- <laughs> in Rich's car, by the way, and I can it's an interesting experience to this. It's right, an interesting yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. But then, of course, I'm then aware that because he's not in my eye line, but then I suddenly remember that my son's in the mm. back seat, and now he's crying. Mm. And so now, because of everything that I've read, and you then feel learn, like absolute think, poo. All right, so I've scarred him for you life again. Scarred, Mike, and yeah. every time I do it, I'm scarring him for life. And this yes. will be, you know, yeah. that's 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 the reason he's. And then you get into that spiral because you say, "Oh, that's why he keeps losing his temper. That's mm-hmm. why he keeps shouting. That's why he's being difficult. And that's my fault." And so it and goes all you're doing and on is and on. Keeping yourself with guilt, yeah. and that'll turn to anxiety so and stress. Back so. to what you said, mm. in the sense understanding that you don't have to be perfect that's what it comes back to isn't it you don't have to be perfect and you can admit that you're not perfect but this is the thing are we we perfect before we become parents no No. so what says other than the Hollywood you know bullshit that we have to be perfect the minute we become a parent if it makes me better my husband has a terrible short temper as well he's very Latin he's Italian (laughs) and and he will and he feels the same as you and I get cross with him and I'm going don't shout in front of Enzo because but he's human and and then and it's no good him then going away going oh and now I feel dreadful that you know he's working on it he's human and you know what it's the same with your kids as long I think it really does come down to a simple just look after yourself look after your kids as best you can good enough is good enough or you never have to be perfect just be good enough today and do the best you can it it really is enough it's funny how many times we have podcasts and we have guests on and it can be about a variety of subjects and this is always where we end up good enough is good enough and stop having a go at yourself and that's the message I think to anyone that I would and if you ha- and, and you're going to have crap days yeah. and you know what yeah. Embr- oh, this, this is the therapist hat on embrace your crap day yeah. embrace yeah. it I've had, a, I've had a stinker you know what I'm going to let this stinker ride out yeah. tomorrow I'm going to change it tomorrow's yeah. going to be a better yeah. one and just accept that and I do think if you're a dad as well particularly the more you get out with your child definitely into that social environment the more you realise that actually there's no mystery to parenting. There's no mystery mm. to looking after your kid because you'll see everyone doing it. And you'll be there and you'll leave a, a baby class and immediately there'll be a child behind you with a parent and the parent will give them a chocolate bar and a iPhone and they're only like eight months old and you're like, I ain't doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. you always realise there's somebody 
who isn't and, you and, know. and actually that brings me on to the other advice I would give when you said about what advice to give people is just yeah never measure yourself against yeah. anybody else yeah. just you'll you'll work out how to parent in yeah. your own way and as you say the, like I say I over educated myself in pregnancy mm. the one thing I didn't do was over educate myself postpartum um, I did in the mental health side of things thank goodness but not actually not when it came to the practical side of yeah. things I didn't want because I think well I also didn't have the brain space to actually cope with it but I was like you know what we will botch our way through I asked yeah. a few yeah. key friends on what bottle they used or how they did yeah. this or what steriliser and other than that I just went do you know what if as long as we get through every yeah. day and everyone yeah. is healthy trust, and alive trust your instincts let's, trust exactly. your instincts yeah. there's, a, there's a reason that humans have, have existed mm. for hundreds of thousands yeah. of years it's because you know like cave cave people did not have uh, textbooks to look at they didn't have a sleep ahead to down they, they had a cave painting yeah. they didn't have a Actimil formula that, ready that was made maternal yeah. and other brands are available yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. slightly <laughs> different slightly different context I suppose in terms of the environment yeah. they were in but the point is it's maternal and paternal instinct that gets you through and that you have to trust that and you have to say and then like you say in terms of comparing yourself to other people you never know what goes on behind closed doors and it's always the ones that you think are nailing it yeah. that really aren't yeah. and that's not in, sh- in a sh- you know, Dominic Schadenfreude or anything like mm. that but at the same time it, it, and I think the one th- that's exactly it just stop casting your eyes open too wide yeah. just focus in yeah. on your little family and uh, look, are you happy are you well mm. are you alive yep. great protect <laughs> and provide I pointed out to my wife recently that actually the p- part of the problem with this is that you only ever see people at their best so when you see when you see it. any couple you know it might be close friends it might be people well, you know vaguely yeah but what you I mean is, yeah but what I mean is when you <laughs> get people around you, you guys will be exactly the same the as me you, yeah you clean up you, have. you make sure that all the all the everything's tidied away as you've best had as a you possibly before can everyone's turned up you've made sure that the baby's that's dressed it. in his nice, nice stuff outfit, yeah. and you've made sure you've both had a shower and you put in your wife's put makeup on so and and when they come out and everything and you're really calm I was this old thing last night my in-laws were over right they stayed the night literally I didn't I didn't lose my I didn't raise my voice it was bizarre and I suddenly found myself being this perfect dad because I was you know, cooing over Ben and everything and there were a couple of times when I wanted to just yeah, right enough but I didn't because we had company and so that's my point is that when you have people when yeah. there are people around you put on your best version of yourself yeah. so when you're seeing those when you're seeing other people that is their best version of themselves mm. you're not seeing them at three in the morning where they're arguing and the baby's crying and, da, 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 yeah. and the same thing that happens hopefully to by listening to this podcast people you will realise that we're all going through the same thing and yeah. you're not alone in the middle of the night where you might be listening to this in the middle of the night when you're trying to put your baby <laughs> to possibly, sleep yeah. in which case I'm probably awake as well yes um, I am too because bit. I'm going through 20 month sleep regression oh, that fantastic. was supposed to get oh, better good. I didn't and even know that was a thing well, thanks said, for that sorry about that but yeah. you know what it's fine we've, we've had to go but again some like it some loathe it but we've we've gone we are well, control crying advocates can, can I point you in the direction of an excellent podcast called First Time Dads which has a <laughs> sleep expert called right. Sarah oh, yeah, yeah. Ockwell Smith on I'm listening and, and yeah. she, I haven't listened to that one she blew our minds yeah, that was that was a good one. But if you've liked this podcast, please do leave us a review and rate yes. us on iTunes. And if you've got a great story to tell us, then please do email us on um, firsttimedads at reachplc.com, which yeah. is our new email address, yeah. um, which I almost messed up. <laughs> um, but Anna, thank you very much for Thanks coming very much on. Really interesting. Guys, yeah. thank you. It's been lovely to be here. And I say, just to say, my, uh, my closing thought for the day, Go Jerry Springer-wise... Uh, style, <laughs> shall I say? Yeah, it's just you know what you're smashing it. Every parent is is just doing their best, and just take the pressure off. 
yeah. and try and enjoy it. Yeah, as long as you're keeping them alive, you're doing something exactly. right. So, you know, just focus on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, on that rather simple Yeah, note. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shoot, have a nice weekend. Yeah, have a nice weekend, everybody. Uh, right, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Cheers, bye.